Come on in, it's Kat. Meow. And you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns. Back with another hot, fresh take on film. Let's dig into the bun, hun. You ready? I'm ready. We're doing it right now. Oh, great. We're testing it right now. Right now. Marvelous. I didn't even realize it was happening. That's how the pros do it. So sneaky. <laughs> Hello. That was the cold open Kim wanted me to keep in. <laughs> the audio test. As you can hear from that jolly, beautiful laugh, uh, this is Kat. That was not my laugh. I was going to say, I'm here <laughs> with my beautiful wife. Hello. Kim. Hi, It's honey. me. Hello, honey. Yay. Great to have you in the studio today. Yes, it's such a high-tech studio. Thank so you. So nice to be here. It is our bedroom right now. Um, hey. <laughs> I mean, it's always our bedroom, but right now <laughs> it's the studio. It's not like we sleep in a studio. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we're here to uh, tell y'all about what we watched in 2020, what was good, what was maybe save yourself the time. And, um, you know, it was a hard year, so I don't want to like silver lining it, but I just want to do a year end review of what we enjoyed. I'm going to share, I'm excited, uh, people who were our guests this year sent in their favorites as well so i'll be sharing that this is a spoiler free bun we're just giving reviews so um i think i'm going to intersperse throughout the episode say some of the reviews that our guests left so or like what they enjoyed their top list so this episode is going to be the tops of the year of movies and then I'm going to do a bonus bun that's going to be shorter. That's going to be the misses of the year. So the ones that we did not find joy in. And then I think the next episode, which will probably be the last episode of this season, will be the um, best of TV. And then I'll probably do a bonus worse of TV. So as of today, it's New Year's Eve Eve. But this episode hopefully will come out by tomorrow. We'll see. But anyways... Hello, wife. Hello, wife. Um, you listened to the podcast this year. You were on the many episodes. Yes. What uh, episode did you enjoy of the podcast? I really enjoyed the like the ones involving brackets for like the cutest oh. like posters or cutest characters. I occasionally got called in to break some ties, even though on occasion mm-hmm. when I was called in to break some ties, I didn't get what I wanted, but that's okay. I know what the cutest characters are in my heart, okay. and that's what really matters. So, like the Disney bracket countdowns. Yeah, like the Super Bowl of cute. Oh yeah. Kind of things. Those were fun. Uh, Mary did those with me, and then uh, mm-hmm. Larissa joined for one. I think we figured out at the very end of <laughs> like a series of those that a better way to do it instead of bracket is probably to like give each one a one to ten rating mm. and then look at our top from there okay because sometimes with the bracket you end up with like one that was not as good going a lot further than mm-hmm. like if two big heavy hitters are paired together in the first bracket so a system we're still working out yes but i'm glad you enjoyed that yeah well, that's nice of you to say okay so let's talk about this year in cinema Bun. 
I guess just to reiterate how grateful I am to my good friend Britta for the beautiful music. I'm sure y'all heard the intro at the beginning of this. That is new. Britta Rose Horella, H-U-R-U-L-A dot com. You can get your own. I'll put that link in here again if you liked the music she did that. I love it. This will be episode 25. There were 598 listens on the podcast as a whole, so that's pretty cool. It was listened to in the United States, Ireland, Trinidad and Tobago, Germany, Brazil, Australia, the Netherlands, and then uh, 15 different states listened to it, so maybe we can get it to at least halfway of all the states by next year that'd be cool yeah um top states included california and colorado so thank you to you guys and um the top listens people listen on apple spotify anchor overcast and then other we're on eight different sites so you could also listen on google or radio public or something like that um so this year you and I saw 13 movies in theater. That's pre-March 15th. <laughs> Normally, we last year we watched almost 100 movies in theater. So yeah. that was a huge dip for us. Yes. However, um, we watched 114 movies at home, which brings our grand total to 127 total movies that were screened this year to our eyeballs. And then TV shows, which I'll talk about in the other episode. I watched 48 different TV shows. Busy year. Busy, busy year for cinema. Okay, so now I'm going to read one of our pod guests' favorite lists of movies from the year. And these are not necessarily movies that came out in 2020, just movies that these people watched in 2020. And I just want to say up front that I'm not endorsing uh, any of these lists. I am sure they're wonderful movies, but I've not seen all of these movies. And some of them um, are movies, for, again, from previous years, so not necessarily 2020 specific. But I just wanted to say that everyone has different opinions on movies, and so this is just the ones that these people enjoyed. Does that make sense? Okay, great. So you guys know Molly, longtime friend of the pod. She's been on a bunch of episodes um here was her list of movies that she enjoyed watching this year my favorite wife the gentleman troop zero king of staten island and then she liked the remake of rebecca so that is molly's list and then we'll keep going with some of the other people's lists but now let me read you these are the movies that um and kim i'm sure were there any movies that you saw this year that i didn't see I know there was some TV that we watched separately, but... I mm, I think movies we mostly did together. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was just trying to think if there was any. So this is what we watched in theater. Um, we started out by watching a lot of, like, the, uh, the stuff that was nominated for Oscars for mm -hmm. this year. So we watched Joker. I saw an early screening of King of Staten Island. We watched Jumanji 2. We watched Just Mercy, Knives Out, and then we watched one, an early screening that I can't say the movie of yet because it still hasn't released in theaters, but it was a musical. Parasite, the live-action Oscar shorts, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, 1917, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, and Eurovision. 
So of what was in theater, I would say um, mostly we watched 2019 movies. And I'd already seen, like, last year I watched Just Mercy at an early screening. I watched Jojo Rabbit at an early screening. So most of those were, like, not new movies to me this year. Otherwise, I would talk more about them right now. But I'm not going to because I think of that as 2019 but I will say that um Just Mercy, Jojo Rabbit were my favorite movies of last year and I love Parasite as well that was phenomenal I'm glad that won Best Picture mm -hmm. um the only other movie I wanted to mention from that list was that one of my top favorite movies of the year was King of Staten Island that was really really great so I just wanted to mention that one um is a Judd Apatow film starring Pete Davidson and I was not expecting to like it because, um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of thought it was going to be like, I, well, I didn't know anything about it going in because it was an early screening. But I was like, oh, I don't know. Is this going to kind of be like a stoner comedy? And it ended up being really beautiful. Well, I hope I see it one day. Oh, yeah. You still haven't seen it. Oh, it was good. I think you can watch it on, um, what, streaming now or something? Great. I'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Might, maybe you have to pay for it. I don't know where it is. Okay. Well, Anyways, King of Staten Island. Okay. So here's the list of what you and I watched this year. Um, ready? Okay. Oh, these 113. Are, yeah. Okay. 114. 114. Let me settle in. Well, these are... First, I'm going to say the movies that we rewatched. So I'd seen these movies before, and some of them you'd seen before. Mm -hmm. And these are the ones that we watched either for the second time for both of us or for one of us does okay. that make it crystal clear sense I, yes great okay here we go sit it down <laughs> no not not like to you i'm just telling everyone to like you know hold on to their butts and sit down hold on to their butts and sit down yes. at the same time so they're just going to be sitting in chairs with their hands under their i butts. want them to know it's going to be exciting so i want to be like hold on to your butts but also i don't want them to like uh have to stand for this whole list it's an extensive list get comfy that sounds like it's gonna be like a really long time i'll okay. read quickly ready go cabaret ratatouille Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea little nemo well that's interesting wait oh yeah little nemo we did watch because little nemo. nemo is the name of the captain in Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea Rockadoodle, Wrist Cutters, Serenity, Watchmen, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Nashville, Mimi and St. Louis, The Great Mouse Detective, Sucker Punch, The Conversation, Dirty Thirty, Dilwali, Dalhane, Le Jenge, The Little Mermaid, Harold and Maude, Steamboat Willie, Crawl, James and the Giant Peach, Halloween Town 1 and 2, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Forbidden Planet, Nightmare Before Christmas, Low, spelled L-O, Home Alone 2, The Great Muppet Christmas Carol, Ghost of Girlfriends Past, and Lego Batman. I don't think it's called The Great Muppet Christmas Carol, but I guess I just added that in. Well, it is pretty great. It's it a family favorite. Um, so from the rewatch list, I wrote down that... Did I not write anything down? I guess I just knew that I would say this, which is many of those are my favorite movies, like top 10. Like I, um, I love Watchmen. I love Cabaret. Uh, a lot of those are really, really good, but um, the only ones on the list that I just read that, like, I can't necessarily recommend would be Ghosts of Girlfriends Past really has, like, one redeemable moment, but otherwise not a great movie. And then Sucker Punch is visually nice, but pretty much not a story. 
God, it was so long. It, yeah, it, it took us so long to get through that. Yeah. My apologies to anybody who enjoyed it. <laughs> Are you apologizing that they enjoy it and have no taste? or <laughs> I'm apologizing... Oh, you're positive that the, you might have offended them. Yes. Okay. If you enjoy that movie, I'm so pleased for you to have that in your life. I hope I never see it again. <laughs> if you enjoyed that movie, I apologize that you have no taste. <laughs> <laughs> you need to listen to more Cinema Buns and get some taste. Get right, son. <laughs> okay. So that was that list. Was there anything you wanted to say about that list? Because otherwise I'm not coming back to it. Um, the Lego Batman movie is the best Batman movie, and if you have a different opinion, you're wrong. Yeah. And I just watched it again last night, so I know that I'm right about this, because mm -hmm. it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, thank you. Strong opinions only on this pod. We're not looking for wiffle waffles. <laughs> <laughs> no milk toast. Okay. I mean, if anybody wants to go to my Instagram at Kizam, K-I-Z-Z-A-M, they will see that my bio says the Lego Batman movie is the best Batman movie, so it's not that I've just created this opinion for the podcast. It truly is, like, a core value in how I live my life every day. Hmm. Um, did I say you could plug your personal? <laughs> it's not so much about my personal like social media account. <laughs> it's just the fact that there is a record online I of see. me really and truly valuing yeah. this opinion. Got it. So you didn't think like this is a good moment to promote the, the Twitter. You just it was natural and you had to. Yes. Got it. Because. Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Phew. Okay, so, um, yeah, I will say, I guess, from that list, it's it's hard because these are all movies I'll probably talk about in the future, so won't say much more about it. But it was your first time watching um, some of these that were, like, favorites of mine, like some mm -hmm. of the ones I watched in childhood, mm -hmm. which are strange and wonderful, like Little Nemo, not Finding Nemo, Little Nemo, and Rockadoodle and stuff like that. So yes. That was, that was fun. Okay, you guys ready? This is movies we watched for the first time. Well, okay, I know I'm not supposed to be looking over at the list because there are spoilers. I had already seen some of the things on there. Well, you can look at this list. Great, Just, okay. No, not the one where I wrote my favorites. I see. So I'll move. I'll put that one over here. A lot of rules. A lot of rules. I love rules. Okay, ready? Go. These are the movies that we watched at home in 2020. Logan Lucky, Brave, Marriage Story, I Lost My Body, Ford vs. Ferrari, The Missing Link, The Irishman, Hail Satan, Klaus, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Descent, Frozen 2, Toy Story 4, Monsters U, Surviving Jaws, Honey Boy, Border, Hunt for the Wilder People, Limitless, Okja, Firefest, Fire Fraud, Mystic River, Spy Who Dummy, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, Isn't It Romantic, The Little Hours, his Gal Friday, Circus of Books, Drag Becomes Him, Skeleton Twins, Invention Line, Moving Parts, My Life is a Zucchini, 2012, If Beale Street Could Talk, Cherry Pop, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Palm Springs, Anna and the Apocalypse, Period, End of Sentence, Split, Rain Man, The Rain Man Twins, Disclosure, The Mandela Effect, Mommy Dearest, Boy in the Plastic Bubble, She's Gotta Have It, The Goldfinch, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Cabin in the Woods, RBG, Lake Placid, Lake Mungo, It Follows, The Witches, Hereditary, The Invitation, Scary Stories, Documentary, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Little Vampire, Little Monsters from 2018, Winchester, Night of the Living Dead, The Village, Crimson Peak, Us, Fantasy Island, The Exorcist, Frankenweenie, both the animated one and the live action one, Friday the 13th, 
A Dark Song, Warm Bodies, Yes God Yes, My Octopus Teacher, Happiest Season, Uncle Frank, The Gloria Tapes, The Ben de la Creme, and Jinx Monsoon Holiday Special, and Soul. Oh, and, um, that's it. Great. Whew! <laughs> what a list. You can hold on to that Great. if you, Thank you so want much. to reference it again. I'm so pleased. Um, okay, so now I think it's time for another review from before we get to the one that was uh, my top 10 let's read another um, review so Rachel who came on for the over the garden wall episode says 2020 has been a year of comfort content for me re-watching and listening to art that makes me feel at home in a wild year Less new finds than usual. Occasionally trying to learn something new and challenge myself, especially surrounding justice when energy is allowed. Standout favorites of this year include... Not when energy is allowed, just when energy allowed her to find it. <laughs> okay. She liked the Harry Potter series, 13th, Klaus, Soul, Adventures in Babysitting, and then she said rewatching fantasy trilogies like Hunger Games, Lord of the Rings, Pirates of the Caribbean, etc. So that's what's up with Rachel. Okay, so here's my best of from everything I just listed. Okay. Uh, a few honorable mentions I'm going to throw out are Logan Lucky, Klaus, Disclosure, The Invitation, My Octopus Teacher, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and Night of the Living Dead. I watched a lot of horror this October, which, but mm. I was surprised by how much I liked Night of the Living Dead. Like, hmm. I guess I was not looking forward to that one. I didn't think it was going to be fun. And I was actually really impressed. I was like, oh, I can see why this genre of film is likable to people. And I just thought it was really well done. And then um, I thought Disclosure was an important documentary about trans rights and um, trans representation in media. Uh, I already talked about My Octopus Teacher. Logan Lucky, I just didn't expect to be good. Like... It's another heist film, but it it was so fun. I really it's was impressed. It's such a fun time, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. And then Klaus is one that, like, we're probably always going to include in our future December watching. Mm-hmm. Liked it so much. Okay, so number 10 on my list was another horror one, which was It Follows from 2014. I did not expect much of this movie, again, because, like, horror is not really my genre, but I think I might have already talked about it a little bit on my, like, October recap. I just thought it was so thoughtfully done. Like, all the details really add up to make a totally excellent film as far as, like, they put thought into production design. They put thought into how the camera moved. And so, again, I, I'm not going to spoil any of these movies for you. I'll just say that that one for me was like... I, it's hard not to, like, spoil anything. They just did this really good... They did a really good job making everything unsettling. Like, you weren't sure what time period it took place. And you weren't sure, like where they lived because sometimes they're in bathing suits and sometimes they're in like winter wardrobe so you're like where do they like everything's kind of out of place and so a lot of that i think added to making it a little extra creepy mm -hmm. 
you enjoy that one? I did really enjoy that one. Um, I think that's a good way of putting it. Like, there's just an inherent discomfort in all the production design that just makes you feel a bit off kilter. Mm -hmm. That's good. I've read, like, articles about it, and I have so many thoughts on, like, maybe it represents this or that, you know? So it was one that I've thought about since watching. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed that a lot. And number nine is going to be the oldest one on this list, His Girl Friday. Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant, directed by Howard Hawks, 1940. And I hadn't seen this one before, surprisingly, because these are the kinds of movies I watched a lot of growing up. But I liked it so much. It's like oddball humor. It's the kind of movie that gets parodied a lot now. Like BoJack Horseman did a parody of it. But I was just like, you and I were laughing. Is this the one where she's the journalist? Yeah. Okay, yes. That was a great movie. It was funny. So much fun. Where she is like trying to leave the whole time for her... Like, she's getting out of the business, and then she keeps getting back in. Mm -hmm. It was just silly. It was a good one to just kind of relax, too. Um, number eight is Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It from 1986. Mm -hmm. This movie, I guess I didn't know anything about. From Spike Lee, I've seen Do the Right Thing, but I haven't seen a ton of his other films. So I was like, oh, you know, this one's about a woman. Let's watch it. This is the first feature movie he ever made and i loved it yeah it was amazing and i will say there's one thing that i did not enjoy about it which he has since said he regrets there was a rape scene and um spike lee has said i think maybe because now they're doing a tv show and so i think he was interviewed recently and he was saying that that was his one regret was that he wished he hadn't put it in there because now he knows more about like the female experience and he hadn't talked to many survivors before of assault and so now he understands how serious it is so that was um not great but other than that i thought it was a wonderful like celebration of female sexuality and just a very like different characters than we normally see on screen so i thought it was a lot of fun and uh really really funny and spike lee plays a character in it who's pretty funny um number seven on my list is the documentary hail satan this premiered at 2019 at sundance and this was a well-made documentary, but more than that, I thought that it brought up a ton of points about, like, the importance of separation of church and state. And I didn't know much about the Satanic Temple before this. Liked getting to hear from these people without, like, um... I don't know, sensationalizing it or something? Like, they mm -hmm. actually sat down and did interviews with these people. It wasn't just, like about them without consulting them mm -hmm. and it was kind of cool to just hear like they're mostly just trying to like troll people <laughs> as far as like if you're gonna put up a christian monument on state property like at the capitol building you need to also put up anybody else's and so i think that's important because christianity really rules america and there are other religions um i know that people of the jewish faith or muslims or like um hindu like if you celebrate 
other religions. I think that it could be oppressive. And so I'm for like freedom of religion, whatever you're celebrating. Yeah. I think the documentary highlights a really good point that in America, freedom of religion really just means freedom of Christianity to reign all over everybody and dictate what everyone has to do um, or should believe or how the government should operate. And so, yeah, the satanic temple just kind of trolls everybody to make the point of what religious freedom really means Mm -hmm. or should mean. Yeah. Well, I know that you approve of my number six, and that is my life as a zucchini. Oh. Or my life is un courgette, as un they would say in France, courgette. which is where this movie came from. Yes. It premiered in 2016 at Cannes, and um, it was nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards, but it lost to Zootopia. Which was crazy because that same year it was up against Moana and Kubo and the Two Strings, which I think are both, or the the Three Strings? Two Two Strings. strings. (laughs) I think both of those movies are better movies than Zootopia. How many strings you've got there, Kubo? This certainly was a great one. So, um, you and I loved this. Yeah. Tears were shed. It was so So sweet. So many tears. You want to tell us about this one? So... I guess the basic premise, um, it mostly takes place at a, an orphanage. They're human children. They're not like vegetables. It's not like <laughs> a veggie tale story. The zucchini part is a nickname. Um, and yeah, so it's about these kids at an orphanage who have less than stellar origin stories of how they got there. And I don't, we said this was a spoiler free review, so just yeah it's about that and about just adoption and what family really is and like going into it it's always been important to me to one day adopt a kid but it was less important to you until we saw this movie and you can share about that it was an important movie to me because it's kind of a kid's movie i mean maybe just because it's animated but Mm -hmm. it feels like a kid's movie it's about kids but it's not like Americanized the way that Mm -hmm. our kids movies are like don't worry everything's gonna turn out wonderful and there might be like an intense moment with like a bear or something if it's like you know a a Disney movie like the bear in the woods is like kind of scary and then you run away from it but we don't really talk about like emotional depth in kids movies Mm -hmm. and there are um changes being made to that as well I know that some movies, I mean, even like Inside Out from Pixar is a little more like, here's what's going on inside your mind. But usually kids' movies are more about like some external fear, you know? Oh, she's she wants to be the princess, but she has to, um, I don't know, marry a prince. Like the stories are a bit more fairy tale-esque, I'll say, for children in America. Mm-hmm. This movie was so realistic and so honest. Like, it didn't shy away from telling hard truths, but it wasn't, like, again, you know, it wasn't sensationalized. It was just, like, um, I don't know. Life is going to be hard. Things are going to upset you. And um, I just thought it was, like, not afraid to... because. When you're a kid, there are things that are, like, 
tragic and upsetting and that being said I don't think the movie was overall tragic I thought the movie was overall very uplifting but it was a more relatable story than princesses and dragons and stuff so I thought it was an important story that was well told I loved the animation I'd say the only thing I wish is that we had been able to see it without um like I wish we had either had subtitles yeah I wish that it had been in the original French because we had it dubbed over and they did a good job with the dubbing but I just like hearing it the original recording with subtitles yeah I I think that it would have been interesting to hear the French actors portray mm-hmm. it because I mean the the English speaking cast was really good but I think I feel like it probably would have had more emotional depth if we'd been hearing the original version Mm -hmm. just because of the cultural differences between French and American children's movies. But I I think it gives kids credit for the emotional insight that they Mm -hmm. have that maybe American movies don't always give credit to. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to that thing of Mr. Rogers where people are, like, afraid to talk to children about death or afraid to talk to kids about, like, anything serious. And it's like, kids may not be reading the news, but they can see headlines and they hear what their Mm -hmm. friends are talking about. And, like, they know that hard things happen. I mean, kids go through, like, their parents divorcing. They have their pets die. Like, kids go through hard things. And I think that totally protecting your kid from ever experiencing anything sad is like not preparing them for the world and mr rogers got that like he had the episode about assassination and death and um you know it's like he trusted kids to talk to them so i thought this was a good movie in that it was better rounded and um i liked all the characters so much okay so my top five uh, number five is another foreign film from New Zealand, came out in 2016, and that is Hunt for the Wilder People. This was written and directed by Taika Waititi, who did Jojo Rabbit, which was my favorite movie of last year. Um, Sam Neill plays a character in here, and this one also is about adoption. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'd heard about this one for years and years, and I was always like, oh yeah, it's on my list. So finally watched it this year, and... I just had so much fun. I loved this movie. It was so funny and so sweet and so, like, unusual. Like, it's... They're in New Zealand venturing through the bush, which is, like, this jungle area. And Mm -hmm. just... I don't know. It was a little, like, Swiss Army Man. I like stories where they're kind of adventuring through the wilderness. And I also like stories about families like non-traditional families that are forming and i like stories where a grumpy character like like an up narrative where there's like a grumpy old man who yeah you know is moved by the sweetness of the kid even though this kid is not particularly sweet so um i feel like grumpy characters often have the biggest hearts and that's why they're grumpy because they're trying to protect Mm -hmm. their ability to love and so they just shut shut themselves off to any possibility of that. But when those walls get yeah. broken down, it's just always so sweet. Much like the plot of the Lego Batman movie last night. Yes, very much. 
Uh, number four, I've already talked about an entire episode, which was I'm thinking of ending things. My, my, my guy, Charlie Kaufman, that was his movie this year. He wrote and directed it. It dropped this September 4th, 2020. And I already made an entire episode, I think with you. Right? Yeah, I was there. About why it's perfect and I loved it even though it's like a wildly frustrating film <laughs> like, <laughs> even if you like Charlie Goffman it's still super frustrating but it's very rewarding um number three on my list is one that we just watched which was Pixar's Soul oh yeah came out Christmas of this 2020 mm-hmm. and this movie impacted me like deeper than any Pixar movie ever has. I usually am like, oh, I'm like almost moved to tears. I'm very impacted. What a sweet movie with Pixar. This was like a whole deeper level of being like, oh my gosh. Like it was like existential. Yeah, they Pixar is really going in on it. Um, I wish that I knew what the tweet was. I shouldn't even quote it. I'm going to butcher it so much. But basically a person was like, Pixar in 2006. Here are some cars. Pixar in 2020. <laughs> What moves you? What are your goals? What are your dreams? Like, just getting real existential. I appreciated the direction that this took away from... Re- I mean, I think regular Disney movies... Again, you can usually see how much, like, merchandising mm-hmm. potential they have. This did not have, like, cute, sweet little yeah, there's, characters. there's not a whole lot you can do with it. Like, here's a blue blob and that plushie. It- it's it was so story centered like it was or well people centered but it was more about the story than it was merchandising opportunities and they Mm -hmm. didn't add in characters just so that you could go buy that plushie yeah um i think that you should just go see this without like a trailer or anything like don't read too much about it i watched it without ever even having seen a poster pretty much and i was like wow did not know that's where this movie was going so i loved kind of going into it unspoiled so i suggest the same to you i think the last thing i'll say about it was just that i appreciate that instead of having the like mentality of everybody has a dream what's your motivation what's your passion like all that matters is that you have a dream like these wild extravagant dreams this movie was a lot more of like what fills you with joy and how do you find beauty in everyday moments and so that was like a healthier Mm -hmm. direction for us to center our lives around than having especially going into new year's it always feels like you have to have these like huge plans for the year resolutions and this was like just eat a slice of pizza you know yeah oh that reminds me i was thinking we could get papa john's not a sponsor tomorrow for new year's eve a thought great we can come back to that later pizza pizza um this next movie i watched twice in a row i watched it and then i watched it again the next night because it was so freaking good and that was us oh yes this came out last year, March of 2019, mm-hmm. and it is Jordan Peele's, I guess it's his first movie since Get Out, right? I don't yeah. know if he made anything in between there. No. I was nervous to see it because the poster looked really scary because someone was holding scissors and I don't like scissors, so I was like, gosh, this is going to be too scary. Uh, it was marvelous. It was perfect. Jordan Peele can do no wrong. I'm absolutely enthralled with his 
attention to details mm-hmm. and like what a rewarding like there was not an insignificant moment or piece of set design or line of dialogue like everything mattered the performances it was so good even if you have like a vague sense of what is coming or what the movie is about like it keeps twisting and turning and uh just incredible incredible i certainly have no plans to go to a seaside fun house anytime soon (laughs) okay and my number one movie of the year which is one that i've thought about so many times since and i honestly think of everything i watched this year that this is one that's like the most likely to stay on my favorites list in the future going forward it came out this year july of 2020 and that's palm springs oh yeah with andy samberg and kristen melody and I love this movie because it's like my favorite kind of movie, which is love story set in a slightly fantasy world. Like I like kind of a magic realism where it's mostly real life, but there's like one thing that's slightly off about it. Like how I love wrist cutters, which is just a road trip movie, but everybody's dead. It takes place in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was pretty normal. It's, you know, like, there's not dragons and fairies, if that makes sense. So it's not a fantasy world. But there are fantastical elements, like a magical setup. Those are the kinds of movies that I would like to make and that I most enjoy watching. And so Charlie Kaufman does a lot of, well, does he? He did Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind, which I'd say is a pretty great example of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, movies like The Lake House or 500 Days of Summer, where it's like, they're mostly real, but there's a musical dance number. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of movie that I personally enjoy the most. And I also thought that Palm Springs made it to the top of my list because it's such a good quarantine movie. It's such (laughs) a good living the same day over and over again. What is time? What is going on? Uh, kind of a movie where you have to figure out how to make your life meaningful. You know, it's a nice companion to soul. Hmm. So I'm going to give you a minute here to think over if there's anything on that list that we didn't mention. And I'm going to read the last review I got, which was from Kate, who was on the episode, the inside out challenge where she shared her like fear movie, her joy movie, her sadness movie, etc. So her top films of the year were she watched Jojo rabbit knives out, Ford vs. Ferrari, Interstellar, Grand Budapest Hotel, Thor Ragnarok, and the new reboot Jumanji 1 and 2. So I have a lot of other people who are getting back to me with their top picks who are on the pod this year. I don't have it as of the time of this recording, so I'm going to be posting those on Cinemabun's Facebook. So if you want to hear what the rest of our pod guests liked this year, follow us on Cinemabun's Facebook and um, you can read those lists. And if you have your own, I'd love to hear what you enjoyed this year. I'm very excited to get all these different lists so that I can know what to include on my year. And like I said, Kim and I are about to do a bonus mini, which is gonna be what we did not enjoy as much this year, the real misses. Um, Oh, I forgot, I labeled this and I, I didn't even read it, but 
Instead of like hits of the year, I labeled it, you were a bit of film dipped in magic and you helped bring light to my soul for one and a half to two hours or however many moments I've thought of you since. So that was what I titled my favorite movies of the year. Um, <laughs> that being said, did any fit the category for you that we had not mentioned yet? We're very pro-lizard in this house, and yeah. Crawl, it's just, <laughs> I can think of no more perfect movie of humans getting exactly what they deserve, mm. and alligators just living their best darn lives. Crawl. Crawl. I had watched it last year at an early screening before it was finished, so I saw a lot of uh <laughs> people in green screen suits rolling around on the ground pretending to be alligators which was very enjoyable but even once it got cgi'd in i also enjoyed it yeah that's my input okay thank you for listening thank you for being here um great beautiful meow 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 and we love you all and happy Kim and I are going to finish this year by watching a bunch of Twilight Zone, which we always love. And then I usually like to watch um, It's a Wonderful Life as my New Year's Day movie. It's a good one. We're also watching a live stream of a bunch of um, drag queens doing like a concert spectacular. Yeah. Woo! Okay, I love you. I love you. Happy New Year!